Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This talk is going to be about my review of the artifact and really what I want to see them do with it going forward in future seasons. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can probably catch me live right now. I am usually live when these hit the feeds. Say no to rage.com will bring you right to my Twitch channel. If you're on YouTube, like, share, subscribe, the bell button, all those things help out. I'm experimenting with doing the videos and the question answer at the same time. I, I know some people like getting them both in early in the morning right at the same time. I'm kind of messing around with that right now to see if it is affecting viewership or if YouTube changing the algorithm is why my videos have been doing better. So also, if you're looking for this as a podcast, just search for SNTR presents on any podcast platform. So I want to talk about the current mods that we have ideas for new mods and new implementation of the mods, the artifact and all the things on it. And then I want to end by talking about unlimited power and why I think that the unlimited power on the artifact might be going through some changes going forward, given the causes of you know, it, it seems to be more trouble than it's worth. But let's talk about the current mods. I actually think that they're a really great idea. I love the champion mod idea. I do think they could tweak the champions themselves a little bit. That's like almost like a separate video. Champions in the game and their role and how they work and you know how mods are showing up in combinations of mods but I think it's actually one of their better uh, iterations and innovations of ideas to sort of change combat flow a little bit and give you something to mitigate periodic pain points. We were just flying through thousand level nightfalls and there's just something cool about syncing up with a team and I'm using, you know, divinity or we're rushing with anti-barrier or I'm having to do the overload on the, you know, the minotaurs and stuff and working together with a team on those. I actually find that gameplay to be pretty enjoyable. I'm not a fan of all the negative modifiers and power deltas and some of the higher level nightfalls, but I do like what champions can bring with respect to some variety. I do think that they could just make all champion mods available on primaries right now or going forward make them passive so once you unlock them you have them because I do think if you're going into activities where there's champions showing up whether it's a match made environment or just an environment with your friends it would be nice if you didn't have to really uproot a lot of your loadout too significantly that way you could just kind of engage with it I also love the idea of it being toggleable if I go into content and I have a gun that can do anti-barrier and overload it'd be nice to be able to just hold down reload to switch between those two Uh, because anytime Anytime you're going into the content right now, you're sort of having to spec out a very, very specific way, or some people just ignore it altogether, and they just lean on, you know, Izanagi's or something really hard-hitting and use Divinity, like anti-barrier champions generally, it seems like people kind of bypass them. So I like the idea of saying, like, hey, we're going to add actually more champions. It would actually enable them to put more champions in the game. Hey, this has all of them, you know? And you're like, oh, shoot, well, I need a weapon that can do both Unstoppable and Anti-Barrier, and you'd go in with a primary weapon that does that and you could alternate between it by holding down the reload button I think what this would do is create a nice baseline there's a really good baseline standard going forward as a foundation for all PvE combat to have the presence of champions and if you create ease of use by by you know opening them up and letting you put them almost anywhere and letting you toggle them then that would be grounds to put them in more places and sort of maybe even increase their saturation so that PVE content could have more dynamics and have more variety and things you know going on with it instead of just sort of feeling like 
oh yeah, you just kind of what we do now, either avoid fights or everybody group up and just kind of bake something. I think more dynamics in the combat would be enjoyable. Now, this obviously leads to thoughts about new mods. If you're going to kind of open up the floodgates, which I think that they should, with primary champion mods, what sort of new mods could they decide to do? Going forward on the artifact, I really would like them to say, oh, you, you clicked and elected to unlock... Let's just say, for example, that there was an armor uh, an armor busting mod for snipers. Okay, uh, that's an idea that I've thrown out there. Another champion you could throw in the game is like a heavily armored champion, and suddenly snipers and fusion rifles could become viable because they could be the only weapon types that can run the armor busting champion mod. I would like it if once I elect to unlock that and I spend my point on it, it's just passively available when I happen to use a sniper or a fusion rifle. I don't have to go into the gun and change anything. I don't have to swap any mods out. It's just passive. One of the reasons this would be helpful is if you're running any content that's match made with champions around, you don't have to worry about people around you not equipping champion mods. As long as they're paying attention and unlocking them on the artifact, the odds of it being active passively on any of the guns they have equipped would be higher and then likely increase more people's awareness about it to be like oh that grants me the ability to stun this guy or to break this guy's shield or as I'm saying to bust this guy's armor off the fact that you're putting something like this it's on the artifact and the artifact is like a passive leveling current in the game that is more aimed at a more casual player base but then you add this complexity of well once you unlock these mods you got to go in you got to put them on you got to swap them out depending on what enemies show up if you get you know you get in the public events right now during this season and and this guy shows up instead of this guy you got to go into your menu and swap it and usually by then everybody just brute forces it and just bombast the guy with damage so you kind of ignore it anyway so making it passive and giving us the ability to swap between the two types I think would honestly have more people engaging with champion mods and seeing that depth in the combat as a cool value point and some variety to kind of spice up what they're presently using I also think just in general expanding the mods to special or energy weapons and heavy would be another really good move I love that they put overload on swords this season I think they need to continue to do that expand it out especially if you're going to take all the primary ones and just I think they should just dump them in the game and make us you know let us use them all the time it'd even be cool as I said to have a slot for champion mods you could equip like two at a time and toggle between the two if they do that that would be really good grounds to say okay we can add champion mods now to uh, snipers and fusions or rocket launchers and machine guns and open up the the playing field a little bit more and then again maybe also say hey let's let's throw in some more champions let's throw in new champion types let's increase champion saturation and some of the harder content i would find that more interesting than 12 negative modifiers in a crazy power delta like that to me is more interesting adding unique mechanics or unique pain points that i could mitigate with my loadout as opposed to just stacking more and more negative modifiers on top of the end game content and throwing in a power delta i do think new enemy types as in new champion types and new ways to interact with them would be far better than what they're presently doing with Grandmaster Nightfalls and I'm obviously going to do a video about it I'm going to kind of watch, pay attention, I'll watch the big boys do it and see what what they think I'm going to just probably ignore it almost entire season, I I don't think that's the way to take the end game at the present time I think champions are a much better direction if done properly lastly let's talk about unlimited power you know we're, we're talking about 
we're talking about the artifact i also think in the in the realm of mods it'd be really cool to do more seasonally contextual mods so like when you're activating them and using them they're contextual to that season and the activity that'd be kind of neat too um something they could have done this season was like increase uh increase power from you know the balls that you throw in the public event if i equip that don't make it cost a lot just make it something that's on there i can equip that and it makes that public event go a little bit quicker for me again you could take seasonal mods and throw them in there contextual to the actual event so it's okay when they go away because so does the activity they're moving away from that, so maybe that idea is a bit of a throwaway. Unlimited power, though, doesn't seem necessary anymore. I, I really don't think so. I feel like giving us the ability to have unlimited extra power is causing more trouble than it's worth. It's, it's creating more problems than it is benefits. Most of the people that are going well beyond 15, 20 plus power... There, I would say they're a significant minority. It's creating problems in the end game. You're having to basically use contest modifier. I guess that's a silver lining. I've wanted them to use contest modifier more, and the artifact kind of painted Bungie into a corner where they had to turn contest modifier on for Grandmaster Nightfalls. It's always going to be on. You're always going to be viewed as if you're a certain power level in there. But it's causing issues with Iron Banner. It's causing issues with Trials of Osiris. At, at, at a ground level, if we just think about unlimited power as a concept, I just don't think that's the best idea season to season to do. Uh, obviously, you'd have to consider limiting its influence in Iron Banner and Trials because a couple of the early weeks, even if you limit it, people could still get to high levels of extra power and kind of throw off the balance in those game modes. So I think, you know, capping it or lowering its influence over those game modes, I think would be a good idea. But by and large, I don't think the unlimited power is... is is the appropriate thing to be doing now season to season you're giving yourself headaches you're giving somebody something that they don't number one they don't need and number two that the lack of need for it just turns it into this well i guess i'll just do it and then it throws off balance in a lot of the things that you're trying to trot out you're trying to trot out things like grandmaster iron banner and trials in my mind a better place for unlimited leveling would be the season pass create like a prestige track that you get once you hit a hundred and it resets every 100 levels and you just keep getting like a small trickle of items so that you kind of have that like oh wow i hit level 280 you know i'm getting close to level 300 that having unlimited leveling i think would be okay because it's not unlimited power but it would be just kind of an unlimited level just to see how high you could get it and then you'd have a track of rewards that you would see you'd be getting you know every so many levels they already do that you get the you know the 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 bright engrams like every five but that would be a better route i think for the unlimited leveling so by and large i think the artifacts have brought in something good to the game they brought a very nice presence of a variety and new things to try but i really think they could take it a little bit further and polish some of the implementation of the champion mods as well as consider kind of getting rid of unlimited power as always we're going to go to question and answer next if you're listening to this on itunes google play spotify or watching on youtube you can always catch me live at say no to rage.com and as always please like share and subscribe Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the Q&A session that followed my talk about the artifact and ways they could change it going forward. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you could probably catch me live right now at saynotorage.com. These are almost always live whenever I hit the feeds. Uh, I'm almost live when these hit the feeds. If you're on YouTube, hitting the like button, the share button, subscribing, the little bell button. Uh, YouTube's been doing great lately, so thank you for everybody watching the videos on YouTube. 
And I've been experimenting with the Q&A sessions going up at the same time as the video, so we'll see how that goes. I know people like getting them both right in the morning, but I felt like it might have been hurting viewership. We'll see. First question from not a PvP guy. Have you seen the survey sent by Bungie uh, to players who are quitting? I have not seen the survey or the questions asked. I actually think it's probably a really, really good thing. I think people are turning it into, you know maybe a bigger deal than it is I actually like the idea that they're like hey you uh, haven't played in a while what's the reason what would make you come back what were the reasons that you played in the past they're trying to figure out seasonal format seasonal content and if they're seeing you know a portion of the community that was playing a bunch in season of dawn and is suddenly not playing in season of the worthy I think it's a really really good idea to be like let's figure out why you know let's Let's give players an opportunity to, to speak to why they're, they've taken a break from the game. So I, I don't see it as alarming at all. I, I, uh, I, I see it as a, a, a sign of intelligence to be like, let's, let's collect data here. You know, we're still, they could be still sort of brainstorming about structural changes to next year, year four. And if they're considering making some changes to the rhythm and the flow and the bounties and the XP and all of that, the logistical stuff, well, then they may be able to get really good information. Hey, man, we sent out a, we sent out ten thousand surveys. Uh, we got back five thousand, and there's a trend. There's a clear trend here that people don't like this and would prefer this. That's really helpful information. So if they can really get good responses and accurate, you know, feedback, and then they can parse that with player behavior, they can parse that with Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, and Reddit. And they they start to enumerate like okay what are what are the reasons that people are taking breaks then I would anticipate that being uh, a good thing. The questions are dumb. I mean I've not seen the questions that they sent, so I mean that, that's subjective. You think they're dumb? What if they, I, I mean I don't I, I guess I would have to see them to, to weigh in on whether or not I think they're dumb. Um, uh, why would you only ask people who quit and are not the ones who are still in it? Well, let me let me scroll back up here. There's a couple of reasons, Patman. Number one, people that are playing and actively voicing their opinion do so pretty regularly on the forums, on Reddit, on Twitter, Twitch chat, um, YouTube comments. Those are all places that Bungie pays attention to. You also have to consider a large portion of the player base is going to log in and play and never say a word to Bungie. They're never going to go to Reddit. They're never going to go to the forums. They just play every day and that to some degree that's always a sign of health when you just have people that are willing to play like all the time and they don't really care what's going on they just love destiny that's great to have that groundswell of players but asking them for their feedback i mean i i don't know how would you do that how would you effectively do that and then on top of that people that are continuing to play might be happy they might be enjoying themselves you know, I think more than likely what Bungie did was is they had an algorithm that said how much did players play last season? And any players that hit this threshold and are now not playing at all, they want to send an email to them. They're not sending an email to somebody. They're not sending an email to Glad. Oh my gosh, he took 3 days off. Quick, send Sean an email. Like they're not doing that. It's like, no, they're setting it up to say more than likely you were playing a lot and now you're not we would like to know why what changed from one season to the next what changed from shadow keep to now what changed from dawn to now i think that's really valuable information uh next question from mipsy 
I've had a really bad time with the overpowered mod. It seems like the sidearm and the auto rifle are ineffective due to the limited ammo count. Do you think that mods should be usable on any primary or special? Um, well, I, I think they should be limited to where they make sense. So unstoppable makes the most sense on a bow, a hand cannon, and a scout. Because you charge up one round and then boom, that's the stun round. Overload and anti-barrier make the most sense on something that's going to be rapid fire, especially anti-barrier. Now they put overload on a sword and they put overload on a hand cannon and it seems to go really well on those. I think anti-barrier is the worst of the bunch. You have to commit, you have to kind of hold down and do a lot of damage and then while that's happening, a lot of the enemies that are anti-barrier, they're pretty strong and they freaking bake your face. So a lot of people I think have... If imagine right now that only you had to deal with was overload and unstoppable, and I know overload captains are stupid because they teleport, but that's not because that's not frustrating as a champion. That's frustrating because Bungie decided in Destiny Two to remove cooldown on, on on abilities of enemies so they can spam their abilities all day long. Okay, that's a different subject entirely. Bungie should put a cooldown on enemies' ability to teleport and shield up because it's obnoxious. Okay, just. Put a freaking cooldown on there. Even if it's five seconds, that'd be better than what we have now. That has nothing to do with the champion. So if you just imagine just overload and unstoppable, they're generally fine. They're fine. They make you change a little bit what you're doing, swap weapons, do a certain thing, you know, achieve a certain stun, and then you bake, right? Anti-barrier are the ones that people, I think, hate the most because a lot of times they're just bypassing it. They just divinity it up and then Izanagi's or something really heavy and hard. And right now, it is fun to bum rush and stun them and then once they're stunned, like, hit them with a sword or something. But by and large, I do think anti-barrier are the least are the least popular unstoppable ogre i think unstoppable trips people up because people don't necessarily understand how it works i don't think people are charging up the round sometimes i also don't think people understand that i don't think people understand that after you stun him you can't immediately stun him again he's got like these glowy wings and once they're no longer glowing he can be stunned again they're immune to the unstoppable round for so many seconds i think that's fine if not you just stun lock them and they'd be they'd be a, they'd be stupid they, they wouldn't even be a threat. You'd be like, all right, let me get my unstoppable round. Boom. And you're doing damage. All right, let me get another unstoppable round. All right, boom. And they're completely out of commission. So I think unstoppables are totally fine. They're a threat and a pain point that can be mitigated with awareness and proper use of your weapons. I think that's a good and healthy mechanical pain point. I think anti-barriers are, are, are a little dumb. I don't think they should be able to shoot when they're shielded up and healing. Uh, I don't see the point in that, especially considering the way the mechanic works. You've got to commit to a lane of fire and you get your face melted a lot of times when you do it. That's why the team kind of has to bum rush or do the divinity is strategy. Coffee badly. Yo, somebody ordered coffee. Thank you for doing that. Um, so I, I, that, I don't think champions are the problem. I, you know, you're talking about the overpowered mod. I've never had any issues with with um, overload, I think that's what you meant to say. I don't have any issues with overload or unstoppable. It always works consistently for me. Anti-barrier is the one that can be kind of annoying because of the damage that you take when trying to pop their shield. Coldheart with the next question. What should change with the champions themselves in the game? I just outlined a handful of things that I think should change with the, you know, anti-barrier. But I also think... 
like what I said in the video, if they empower you to have more freedom so that they're they're equipable on almost all primaries, ones that make sense, right? It doesn't make sense to put like unstoppable on an SMG. So, you know, you put them on the ones that make sense and then let me equip two that can be toggled between. I I think you'd be in a great position to say, "Hey, we can now put champions in a lot more places." It would make the combat feel more dynamic. Bungie wouldn't have to lean so heavily on power deltas and negative modifiers if the combat itself had its own sense of variety and dynamics in it that you were meeting by saying this hand cannon can do anti-barrier and overload or this SMG can do overload and anti-barrier or you know this bow can do unstoppable and I don't know what what else you could put on a bow. I guess maybe ant- I don't I don't really know because of how they shoot. It might not work. They're generally only good for unstoppable. But again, you'd have that option to say I really like using X Y Z gun for these two champion mods, and that would free you up a little bit. If they give you that freedom, then they could say let's put more champions in the content. Right now they're like, oh, we got some champions. Oh, we got some champions. And you kind of focus them and then they're gone. And then that's it. And a lot of the times, again, people are completely bypassing the anti-barrier one because they they don't want to engage with it because it's, it's the most painful and the most frustrating of the bunch. Small King. Do you think that Bungie should preview how the mods work whenever they introduce new artifacts to the upgrade? Oh, you mean like almost like a miniature tutorial? I mean, I could see that. I don't know if they did the greatest job saying, like, here's how Unstoppable works. I mean, the text is there, but it doesn't necessarily explain the fact that, like, the uh, the ogre isn't stunnable for a while. I had a, I had a fairly intelligent guy on Twitter that had no idea that's how it worked. He's, like, one of the devs for Twitch. And I was like, homie, um, it's real consistent. You gotta charge the round. And then... And then they're not stunnable right away again and he didn't know that he didn't pick up on it i didn't pick up on it either somebody in chat told me they're like yeah you gotta wait until their glowy wings go away i'm like oh okay you know yo somebody else ordered some coffee thank you for doing that i would i would think that that's something to consider if you're hearing the coffee notification uh we just partnered with player one coffee you can order my rageless roast at playeronecoffee.com uh, if you feel like doing that, if you're listening to this version later, there's no numbers. It's just literally spelled out. Player one coffee. Inde Ush. What are the major factors we should look into before dismantling gear? How it plays into your loadout, mostly. Vice. Thoughts on flawless loot in trials? They need adept weaponry. They need a, be- a greater reason to go flawless. And that's currently kind of lacking. Muddy Pig. Do you think the Guardian Games is a good focus for Bungie right now, or should they focus more on fixing trials like cheaters? Um, you have to understand something. They build out the seasons and have teams working on things that are rocked and ready to go, and it's not like they could be like, hey, everybody that worked on Guardian Games, we're going to totally pump the brakes on that. We're not going to do Guardian Games. We need you to help with trials. Like, this is not how it works. And I, know, and I know people have been giving me grief in my YouTube. They're like, Lono always wants to say he doesn't know how Bungie's development works and he doesn't know what they can do, but then he, then he randomly speaks as if he does. Listen, I don't know the specifics of how Bungie develops content, but at a generic level, okay, even an idiot can understand this. Bungie has separate teams. <laughs> I, I'm not trying to be mean here, but like you, you could be really, really dumb. And even you could understand that a development company is going to have teams. 
I'm speaking very, very armchair layman here. Bungie does not have a team working on Guardian games that could be helping with cheating in trials or fixing trials. Like, that's not a thing. So, whenever anybody gets upset about, like, oh, I can't believe they're doing Guardian games, fix your game, Bungie. Fix your game. It's like, what are you talking about? The team that worked on this is not like... It's, it's not like they're ignoring trials that can crank out Guardian games. I understand the sentimentality of being like, it's hard to care about Guardian games and fun things that are happening in the game when I keep losing in trials to cheaters. I get that, and I resonate with that. But that doesn't mean that Bungie should be like, no, let's just cancel Guardian games, something that's fun for the entire community. Let's focus on the dwindling minority in trials because they're unhappy about cheaters. They can't stop this, and it, even if they did decide to do that, that doesn't somehow fix anything. If they just suddenly decide to just, oh, let's just pull the plug on Guardian Games, that wouldn't do anything anyway. It's not like them doing that would suddenly net you a quicker response time and quicker fixes and better anti-cheat. That's not how it works. You don't cancel this project and suddenly that one over there gets fixed. That's just That is not how companies like this you know triage out their development and their teams and how things and how things function internally again i don't know exactly how bungie does everything but i do know in almost any development environment you go into they're going to be having different teams and triaging so they can efficiently develop things and they've put this content on the calendar they're supposed to basically tell 80% of the community that was looking forward to this being like, no, we're not going to do that. Like, we're not going to do Guardian games because people are upset about trials. That's just such a bad... There's just no way they could do that. Uh, four months from Susano, uh, completely... I always, I don't always agree with your stance on certain things, but there are a few people that provide thoughtful analysis of the game. Keep up the good work. Thank you. And 24 months from Junebug, that is a gold badge. Bumble17 says with the idea I'm sorry yeah with the idea of the artifact being an experiment do you think that Bungie are limiting us uh, why do you think they're limiting us to 12 at a time well it seems like they try to put pretty dope things in that last lane and maybe they don't want you to have them all I'm not necessarily saying that they should give you the ability to equip every single one but I certainly don't think it should cost money to reset it you're discouraging experimentation because it gets more exp- it gets more expensive as time goes on I I have I have no idea who who, who pulled the trigger on that I I don't know I that that, that that's stupid like w- <laughs> we want people to experiment with the artifact but it's gonna get more expensive every time you decide to experiment who pulled the trigger on that that's a terrible decision like remove the cost to reset it just let us reset it and then limit us to the slot so like you can only do 12 I'm fine with limiting I'm fine with limiting it limiting choice makes the choice more meaningful because if you could just equip all of them it would be like it'd be thoughtless but I would say just remove remove it entirely the cost and if you're gonna make it cost something I guess you could make it cost like 500 glimmer and if you're gonna say it's 500 glimmer then it should just maybe always be 500 glimmer instead of being like oh no it's gonna get more expensive more expensive more expensive every single time yes dude glad is 100% joking <laughs> he is 100% joking on that tweet he is <laughs> I, think of the premise right I tweeted the video claiming that speaking his name in chat is why my sparrow got blown up and he said get wrecked idiot like 
he's clearly joking. He's playing along with the joke. Trunks. Would you think allowing exotics to equip mods would help some of the issues with champions or maybe combine multiple effects in one mod? Well, I definitely think people would like to be able to throw anti-barrier on their huckleberry or something. Um, th- that I think would help, but I think there are other things they could do with it as well. I think that's a place, that's the starting place. Like, hey, let us put these on primary exotics so I could run my huckleberry. Bearded bro. We talk about all the things that we don't like in D2 right now, but what do you think they are doing well? Uh, well, like I said at the beginning of the video, I actually think the artifact and the champion mods are such a good springboard and starting place. And so I think they've done that really, really well. I think the, the, the art team always knocks it out of the park. I think the Warmind cells are another really, really good idea to iterate on combat and ability to change your loadout to get more power in the game they did that almost as like a side evolution because they're not presently evolving the weapons or the weapon perks but they gave you essentially a new type of weapon perk in the form of war mine cells so I think they're getting some of those things right but when you when you currently look at the structure of the game they're going to continue to I think find things to be dissonant and imbalanced you can spec yourself out and do all these things right now. You need so much, so much freedom in the game right now with respect to your loadout, armor 2.0, mods, war mine cells, all of this. And the places where you're going to go where you would hope to see that having the greatest payout is just really unappealing 12 negative modifiers, high power delta content. So I feel like a lot of the choice and freedom they're giving us is going to get really flattened out by Grandmaster Nightfalls. The same thing happened in Division 1. I talked about this in my video, my Grandmaster video. You flatten out you you flatten out choice when you do that. You, you just flatten out. Because it's like everyone's just going to run to what's going to give me the most recovery and tank and face tank and health and all of that and everybody just kind of hides in wells and bubbles. Um... Uh, cool cutscene at the start of the season and for IO Bunker I, that, why are you saying that that's not you mean at the very beginning of the season uh, oh you're saying that's one of the things they did that's good yeah I feel like uh, that's another thing I'll agree with that I actually like the story beats I really like how they've moved the story along people have been kind of hating on the story I'm like this is actually really good it's been slowly moving along little pieces to string it all together so it's all kind of connected Osiris went and confronts Rasputin, then we're helping Rasputin, then week in, week out, we're learning. We find out that Rasputin was there at the collapse and that the pyramid ships are on the way. I don't know. I I feel like they've done a really good job with a lot of the story beats, you know? And that's something that I think is getting overlooked because people are... This this season in particular is a little thin, Um, you know? Two minutes of story is not really story. What do you mean two minutes of story is not really story? When you, when you play a story-driven game and you add up all the cutscenes, they they don't amount to an unbelievable amount. It's usually a minute here, a minute there. And this is not a narrative-driven game. It's an evolving world, looter-shooter, action MMO, and the story is carrying things along. I, I, don't, I don't want 20-minute, 10-minute, 5-minute super long cutscenes. That's expensive. It takes up space in a game that it's running out of space. I think the way they've added story is totally fine. It's totally fine. It, it, 
you're tethering our actions to the world changing and the narrative beneath it. Uh, to Toxie, wait, did I skip a question? Oh, I'm burnout on garden, says Valor. Do you think that it'd be a good idea for them to add to other raids into a weekly pinnacle rotation? We get this question a lot. I do think that they're probably going to do an Age of Triumph at some point. They're probably just saving them for those. The story is better throughout the year, unlike year two, but this should have happened in year one. I don't think anyone wanted the freaking Red Legion. Again, that's just your opinion. I actually found the Red War story to be pretty cool. I know people didn't. some people didn't like it. I loved the fact that Gaul was just sort of an empty suit. He was uh, an idiot, and he, you know, in the, some of the scenes with him where he kills the console, and his scenes with the speaker, and then he's not really the true threat, and then Callus shows up, and then we find all those things about Callus. I just thought that story was excellent. Uh, people hated on it, but I, I thought it was excellent. I loved seeing behind this ominous villain and being like, this guy's just a power-hungry idiot. I like that. I thought that was a cool development. They do that a lot in stories and in books. You you see this huge, giant threat of a, of, of a villain, and you find out that the villain's not really even a threat. And then you find out that, like, Kalos has been watching, and he's truly more significantly powerful than Gaul. You Kalos know, can eat planets if he wants to, and he's interested in us. I don't know. I really loved that once they kind of pulled back the veil on the story, what happened with it. I I thought it was really, really good. It compared the Red War to D1. Yeah, D1 was vague that we didn't understand what was going on. That You know, the cutscenes were kind of smattered together. I thought they did a really good job with D2's story. I I really do. I think they missed the boat on saying they should have required us to play all of the adventures because the adventures added a ton. They added a ton. And if you would have required us to do the adventures, it would have like doubled the size of the campaign. And then you could have said you only have to do it one time. If you make a hunter or a warlock after your titan, they just show up in the tower as if they just finished the campaign. That's what I would have done if I was in charge. Require us to do the adventures. It would have doubled the length of the campaign. The story would have felt a whole lot more beefy. And then you only make us do it once. Making us run it three times, it's like, well, we got to kind of cut some corners and make it kind of thin. And then when that happens, you end up with with kind of a thin story. Uh, Tatoxi. There will be proper anti-cheat anytime soon. We have no idea. We have no idea. I've been continuing to say that... I've been continuing to say that that's a full freeze. My game froze. Um, I consider consider it a non-negotiable at this point. I consider it a non-negotiable. We need an an installed anti-cheat. A front-facing installable updatable anti-cheat um i've been i've been banging on that drum i don't know if we'll ever get it i don't know if we'll ever get it i don't and if they don't i think that's going to be a continued point of contention in the community tech sarge with 21 months bb bay with three months and then bird bro just gifted five subs to the community guys please check the chat right now uh and see if you got one of the gifted five subs thank you very very kind um the next question comes from Zarizin. Thoughts on players saying that they would rather the artifact get axed because it takes away bandwidth. I feel like the great things that it brings are being ignored. I don't think you could argue that it that it's taking up a ton of bandwidth because you don't know what size team is working on it. You know what I'm saying? 
it could be a fairly small team it could be really not it could be super undemanding it could also be the sandbox team hey what was that thing you guys wanted to experiment with yeah what can we is it ready can we throw it into the artifact like it's a great way for it to be almost like crucible labs in the pve every season they can say hey let's experiment with some of this stuff let's try some of those crazy ideas out that you wanted to try out and you throw it in the artifact you know i i i think the artifact is great if 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 there's some way for us to know if there's some way for us to know that there's some sort of there's some sort of disproportionate amount of bandwidth being used on the artifact then even that would be a discussion worth having. I do think the artifact helps kind of spice things up every season, something new to try, new things to fiddle around with. You know, overload swords, people like that right now. That's something that, you know, we're, we're getting to, you know, fiddle around with. Yo, B-Nizzle, thank you for 11 months. I appreciate that, man. Almost an entire year. Parasito. The seasonal seal has a season pass requirement close to and beyond level 100. Should there be artifact rewards for going past 100? Extra points, enhanced ETC. I don't know. I I like the, you only get 12 slots. I think the biggest change I would bring there, as I said before, is remove the cost to reset so more people could experiment. Um, and you could, I, and again, I think the limit, the unlimited power, you know, unlimited power belongs more on the season, the season pass. Oh, hey, I just hit 200. That's another prestige. That's another cool thing. Maybe another, I get a mark on the artifact. I'm sorry, on the, on the season emblem. Maybe when you hit 100, there's an emblem and then that tracks how many times you reset your season pass. And every time you're going through the season pass, there's minor rewards. There's like the, you know, the engrams and stuff. That to me makes more sense for a limitless level as opposed to unlimited power on the artifact. Uh, End, end game intel. What do you think will be the direction of the next expansion? Is it time to remove some of the Gambit pieces? I don't really know what the direction is going to be, and uh, Gambit's probably going to get whittled down to one game mode. What do you think about M-Tash and his opinion on the state of the game? Do you agree? Are you feeling the same thing, or will you be devoting more time to other games? I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't keep track of what every content creator says about the game. I think most people are coming to the conclusion that the seasonal format will probably require them to spice things up and play other games like more than more than likely you're you're going to find that if you play as a streamer the seasonal format is not really built for you to to play all day every day a lot of streamers are coming to this conclusion no one's special here like if somebody makes a video and says i'm taking a break or they tweet about like i'm taking a break um like I, well, with love in my heart, I kind of don't care. I'm like, I don't freaking care. Take breaks. It doesn't matter to me. Um, everybody does this. I do this. I get to where it's thinner. I start doing other things in the afternoon. I start playing other games. We do our talks and Q and A, and then we pivot to other things. Like, I guess welcome to what everybody else has been doing. If they, if people come to that conclusion that they're gonna stream and then they're gonna play other games as well as Destiny. I, I guess welcome to the party pal like a lot of us have been doing that for a while um, it's rare for me to just be in destiny all day lately I'll do that if we're having a good conversation or something happens or a video comes out or something like that but it's like if you take a break cool man like get, enjoy the other games nice you know um, so and 
if someone's got if you're saying his issues are with beavers and cheaters more than anything else I, d- d- wh- how would I disagree with that the error codes need to subside and cheaters need to be addressed it addressed it addressed <laughs> I read disconnected as I read that so like disconnected and addressed got combined into addressed it they need to be addressed it um he got disconnected and played cheaters continuously the other day that's why he made that video uh, he was playing with Kuja. If you watch Ku's stream the other day, uh, you can just hear it in M-Tash voice. Well, I can't expect anybody to put up with that and have a good time. I talked about that in my trials video that went live today on my YouTube channel. I said, nobody's going to get emotionally invested. Because if you get emotionally invested in something, there's a risk that you're going to get your heart broken. And even if it's a video game, if you're worried that a cheater is going to ruin your flawless run, you will not get emotionally invested. That's why everyone's going flawless right now. They're just kind of like, eh, they just shrug it off. They don't care. There's no intensity. There's like, there's no, oh my gosh, what a great comeback. It's, eh, they don't get emotionally invested because it's too risky to get emotionally invested right now. Oh, what a great card, man. This is going so well. Oh, dude, we're playing. This is such an intense game. And then they cheat and beat you. It's like, pfft. And then all your energy and emotion feels like you're 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 not wanting to give people that power over you. So no one's getting no one's getting invested in their games. And so when they do face cheaters, it's just like, yep, yeah, right here, dude. What what are we supposed to do? Like just how how are we supposed to play against this? You know? Cheaters are gutting the emotional investment of the players, so they're just cynical and grumpy. It's why I didn't want to do streams. That's why I didn't want to do split screen. Everyone's just grumpy. And I am never going to hold that against them. Be like, I can't believe these guys all have bad attitudes. I'm like, no, it sucks right now. What, what am I? I didn't do, I'm not doing trials top 10 today. I'm not doing a trials top 10 today. And the reason I'm not doing it is because everybody's channel, the top clips are just clips of people cheating. It's like everyone clips it, passes it around, and be like, yeah, can you believe this cheater? Can you believe this cheater? Here's proof of cheating. And so all the trending clips on their channels are cheaters. I can't find good clips. So I can't do Trials Top 10. Wait. I'm not happy about that. I was enjoying doing split screen. I was having a ball. We're going to pivot to other games, but it's not going to be the same as doing it with Destiny. Destiny's home. Yeah, Top 10 Cheaters. Mick Cheshire. Uh, sorry, two, 2 Taco Tom with 35 months. Congrats on the house. Inspiring to see you create and build this over the three-year period. Yeah, one more month for three years, 2 Taco Tom. That's a long time, dude. Thank you. Uh, Birdbro gifting another sub to the community. Thank you for doing that. What are your opinions on the Glimmer and Material Artifact mods? Do they deserve their place as options among the other? I got some flack on this, so I didn't want to revisit it in the video, but I definitely think that the Glimmer mods feel pointless. <laughs> they feel really, really pointless. It's like, what? why are these here? Princess, thank you so much for two months of subs. Yo, what's good, Smurf? I see you in the chat. So, I I don't think the Glimmer mods have any place on there. Just delete that entire lane. Like, you could get so many more creative mods on there. Their, their, their usage, whoever's spending time developing those, has got to be like, well, what a waste of time, dude. But nobody's even using these. I can't see them getting use almost ever. 
Number one, you only get to unlock 12, okay? So are you going to unlock those knowing that you might only use them every once in a while in very, very specific instances? And even then, if you want to oh, reset it and unlock something different after you use the Glimmer mod, you're going to have to spend Glimmer. So it's, comp- it's like, wait, hold on a second. I just reset this so that I could run a, a Glimmer mod to farm glimmer in a particular activity and now if i want to reset it back i have to spend a huge chunk of my hard-earned glimmer like it's just that that whole lane just needs to go away it doesn't make any sense or they could just be free you know again you could also say resetting the artifact doesn't cost anything so you're not compounding the problem of experimentation by being like hey you want to experiment well it's going to get worse and worse and worse and worse as you go stew delicious how do you feel about hunters earning less progress in Guardian games? I get that they are trying to balance it, but also worried they won't balance this correctly. I, it needed to be done. If not, the entire event's pointless. Like, let's imagine a world where they didn't do it. It'd be like, congratulations, hunters. Because that's all it would have been. Hunters would have logged in and, like, coasted to victory because there's so many of them. Just a catch-22. I like your idea of opening champion mods, but I don't like the toggle idea. Uh, what about adept weapons from the ordeal that only have the intrinsic passive perks and then mods getting an optional second? I mean, this doesn't feel necessary because all you're doing is invalidating every legendary weapon then by doing this. You're giving so much good treatment to adept weapons or better weapons that you just invalidated basically every legendary in my in my inventory. Well, you're obviously only going to ever run that that weapon because it has both. I think it's better to empower players to play the way that they want, and then they come up with unique solutions for those pain points. If you offer such a nice one size fits all weapon that can do both, you know, it's got the intrinsic overload, and you can put anti barrier on it. Uh, to me it's like well you just invalidated choice the very thing I'm trying to promote you just invalidated choice by being like well if you're going to interact with champions these are the best weapons this small you know these four or five adept weapons are it you know but they would be better in the ordeal content because of champions again you're doing exactly what I've been preaching against the ordeal content the hard content is going to create another scenario of flattening out choice so when I go run the ordeal content I again now have limited choices it's like well the best weapons for this content are this small selection of adept weapons that can do multiple um, champion mods you just invalidated all the weapons in my inventory when I go into that encounter. You're actually limiting choice. You're flattening it out. It's it's like when you have 12 negative painful modifiers in a power delta. You flatten out choice. I'm going to build myself around recovery, resilience, and I'm going to stand in a well of radiance. So all the different builds, all the different exotics, all the different things I could do, and I go into endgame content and pff, you flatten all that out to be like, this is basically the best way to play. So if you do the same thing, if you're like, oh, well, these these handful of weapons can do both and they're perfectly suited for Nightfalls, you just flattened choice for me. Now, if you want to do something with adept weapons and weapons that are contextually powerful, I'm not necessarily Order against that. Thanks for ordering some coffee, whoever just did. But you got to be really careful. To me, it makes sense to say... 
okay, we're going to do these trials guns. And if you would have done adept weapons with celerity being intrinsic, you wouldn't have felt like I better run these trials weapons, but you might because you'd be like, well, in certain circumstances, this weapon is probably one of the better weapons to use in trials. If I want to win a 2v1 or a 3v1, I'm going to get the intrinsic celerity is going to help me out. It, it has to be very, very... It's a delicate balance because it can only add so many weapons in a given season or a given DLC. And so if you went to Nightfalls and said, okay, this is what I've been promoting, right? Grandmaster loot that only drops in Grandmaster. So like Adept Weapons in a Flawless Chest, you'd have Grandmaster weapons. You'd have Grandmaster armor. You gotta be really careful though because then if I get that stuff and that stuff makes running Grandmaster easier, again, you just flattened out choice for me. Anytime I run Grandmaster, I'm like, well, I kind of should just run these guns. I wonder if mods are the way forward. Remember, in Nightmare Hunts, as you went up, you could get the highest level mod was a Supreme Nightmare Hunt mod. And that empowered me to be stronger. It was contextually powerful. It was a mod that made me significantly stronger in a Nightmare Hunt, but it didn't flatten out my choice. I didn't have to run Nightmare Hunt armor or use a Nightmare Hunt weapon. So maybe that's the real ticket. Trials adept mods that do something to the weapon that makes celerity is intrinsic or something. Like an extra slot... Okay, an extra slot. They could do that. They could say, we have adept slots on weapons now. We have we have adept slots on armor. And those slots are reserved specifically for mods in really challenging endgame content. Because now I'm taking your idea and I'm spreading it out and saying, you know what? If you run a Grandmaster Nightfall and you earn these awesome rewards, it's not going to flatten out your decision. You can take this Grandmaster mod and put it on any any of the adept weapons you want. You got to be careful though, because I mean, you're going to limit it, right? You're going to, oh no, the adept slot would be everywhere. You wouldn't need to get adept weapons. You'd have to get adept mods. So if you have the, if you have a gun or a piece of armor, that slot's just there. And you're like, well, I ran a raid. Well, I ran a knight, a grandmaster. Well, I went flawless. And you can slap that adept mod in that slot. So you're being rewarded appropriately, but they're not flattening out. They're not flattening out your your choice. Well, like, oh, I've yep, these are the best weapons for this particular activity. I feel like there's no longevity in that. How's there no longevity in that? Because season to season, you would have, and that's where I've talked about this as well. That's where the mods would be contextual to that season. So let's just say in season of the summer. They come up with these Grandmaster mods that when slotted into a weapon do something very specific in that in that season. So this season, what's contextual? Warmind cells. That's kind of the seasonal contextual power delivery that we can get. What if this season Grandmaster Nightfalls had modifiers that made particular Warmind cell builds really, really strong? You take the same principle and you apply it to what I'm saying. Come and run these Grandmaster uh, Nightfalls in the summer season, and these summer mods and these summer modifiers are going to make these Grandmaster mods really, really strong for this season. And all the while you're doing this, you're getting high drop rates of exotics and good currency turnover rate. 
Same thing with trials. Like, eventually, you could sunset the mods, I guess, or something, because you'd have to expire them, because if not, you'd always... you'd Trials is a little bit more uh, touchy, but it'd be really easy season to season. Hey, it's September, brand new expansion. There's all these new seasonal mods that can make you really strong and really powerful. Grandmaster Nightfall's got some new modifiers that make those particular mods even stronger, and when you run the Grandmaster Nightfall, you can get this season's Grandmaster mods that can be slotted into a weapon or armor. Again, I don't want it to sound like I'm trying to like overbake the cake and make it super complex and real elaborate, but to me, there's a real danger in saying these are the best weapons. There's a huge danger in doing that. They ran into that with Mountaintop and Re- and Recluse. It's like these are the best weapons and then nothing else matters. You feel stupid running something else. You just flatten out choice instead of saying Here's all these weapons and armor and all these combinations of perks and mods. Come up with what you think is awesome, and then we can bring little adept Grandmaster capstones on top that can be moved around so you don't feel like, oh man, all of my choices are just like, these are the weapons to use. All these other guns I grinded for, all these god rolls, none of them matter. I've just got to run this. So... That's a really long answer to your question, but that's the first thing I think of when I hear that. I'm like, those would be the only weapons worth running in Nightfalls. That your your, your Grandmaster Nightfalls already sound like they're going to squash choice and freedom, which isn't fun. Who wants to spend all season unlocking mods, experimenting, trying out new mods, trying out new weapons, trying out new combinations, and then you go into end game content and all that experimentation is just like, this is the best way to run it. It's really hard and really painful. These are the best weapons. You just take all of that and you're just like, smash, like this is, this is it. Destiny, division one end game. Everybody just ran the healing things on the ground. I just shortened the question and took out parts that causes a disagree. I think the intention of what you're saying is exactly what we've been asking for. You just have to be careful with the implementation. I think you are asking for something that everybody would be like, yes, give us better stuff in the end game. Give us better stuff in Grandmaster. Give us better stuff in Trials. It's just very delicate. You start giving really, really insanely good guns in the Trials chest, and you're going to have a rich get richer situation. All the good teams go flawless. They get all these crazy good weapons. They start winning games easier because they have the better weapons, and it becomes this giant snowball of de-incentivization for people that can't go flawless because they're losing to people already that are going flawless, and it's even worse when they have weapons that are better. CDTV. Would you prefer a bigger talent tree in the season artifact? I think it's good enough size right now. I do think they could free up that lane though that has all the glimmer stuff. Lono, I have a question. After watching your slot leveling Q&A and I was wondering if you could just make the three same characters and get max power within a week or less. Getting to max power doesn't matter to me. The, the hardcore players the, the hardcore players have always leveled up faster than everybody else. It's not a value point. It's not content. It's stupid. It should happen automatically. It should be a very, very natural destination for the entire player base, and Bungie should be focusing on other things. As soon as you hit max level, all milestones should convert to daily grinds. So right now, at reset, I should be able to log in and be like, where can I get a dire promise? Oh, this Crucible milestone is now a Crucible daily uh, daily, daily item. So I can get three dire promises if I go do my crucible milestones that day. And then it rotates. No, the next day, dire promise is somewhere else. 
once I'm max level with slot leveling, I don't need milestones anymore. I don't need primes anymore. That whole system needs to change. Getting to max level should just happen as long as you're playing, and then once you're max level, it should turn into a loot grind. Like, we're playing a looter shooter where you end up spinning your wheels just like, oh, I just, I need more, I need more infusion fodder. Like, and I need more infusion fodder, but RNG keeps screwing me. I need some boots and I keep getting kinetics. Like, the leveling is bad. It just needs to be completely linearized. Just make it linear. I just play and I level. Oh, we level up too fast. Who gives a frick? Hardcore players in the past were leveling up in a week or two. Now they level up in a couple of days. It doesn't matter. It's not like those two weeks were just, oh, dude, this is so great, man. I love this. Milestones and bad RNG. Oh, sign me up for more of this. No. Leveling should just be linear. If you're playing, you're leveling. Almost every game that has leveling does it this way. We're one of the few games. We might be the only game that's like, no, you played as much as your friend, but you got four pairs of boots in a row. Suck it, loser. You didn't level up that much this week. We're like one of the only games that just lets RNG disrespect the person's time investment. Just get that out of here. I, just, I play and I level. I play and I level. That's it. Simple as that. And then when you hit max level, the game opens up for you. It's like, hey, congratulations on hitting max level. Be sure to check out all the previous milestones because now they're daily rotation loot loot drops. Oh, sweet. I was wanting to get that new grenade launcher. Where is it right now? You, you, you like, you like open people's minds to the idea that like leveling is not the content. Grinding for gear is the content. And if you give them accessible loot grinds like that, you suddenly start converting hardcore casuals into hardcores. Instead of being like, well, you know, I needed boots again, but I just, I keep getting the wrong items. I keep getting the wrong items. Instead of being like, what are you talking about? No, I'm leveling. Yeah, I'm playing. What the frick do you mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm almost there. I'll hit max level a couple of days. Yeah, dude, I can't wait. Yeah, my buddy's been grinding for a dire promise. He he logs in every day to check for where it is. Uh, (laughs) We're, we're, the, the game just gets, I think the game is just shackled by the leveling. There's so many things you could do. Most games do not do this. Most games are like, hey, you hit max level. Now the real grind begins. Welcome to max level. Here's all these things for you to do. The NPCs should literally have things you can't do until you hit max level. You go to Zavala and you're like, oh, he's got he's got weapon frames for this season. He's got two gun weapon frames. I can't do them until I hit max level. Oh, look, Shax has weapon frames. They have seasonal benefits that I can't unlock until I hit max level. You... What is leveling right now? What is it? It doesn't even make any sense. It's like, but, and then if I'm going to do a 40 level bump every season, every season I level bump to 40 and then I have all these random non-max level items. Oh man, I would love to run this loadout this weekend strikes. Ah, frick. None of my stuff's leveled up. Ah, hang on a minute. I got to infuse it all. Slot leveling. The game already treats you as if slot leveling is a thing. Just make it a thing. Leveling shouldn't require me to get out a dadgum calculator on a website and be like, where could I backfill? Okay, if I backfill here, okay, what vendors are a plus zero right now? Okay, let me go to this vendor and try and get plus zeros and token slam. Okay, I got it. All right, now I can go and run my milestone. Like, no, just play. Hey, just play. You don't you shouldn't have to do any of that stuff. People are like, well, leveling so much better, Lono. All you have to do is... They just, it's like a Kroger receipt. You just gotta do this, Lono. It's so much better. Now get out of here. It's awful. 
Slot leveling. Slot leveling to free up players to focus on the stuff that matters. Golden 25. What do you think if we can get some of the mods in the last column of the artifact back as exotic mods? Maybe they could be unique for exotic armor. This is too specific of an idea. It's like getting down into this suggestion. I could be like, yeah, sounds great, but it could have all kind of problems. I mean, this is just like a sure, maybe, I don't know. It's just too, the the little tiny ideas like that are hard for me to interact with. Parasito, I love the volatility of the artifact between seasons and how it lets Bungie test abilities in short-term runs. Do you think some of the mods are probing additions in the future? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Warmind cells, that's exactly what that is. That's a that's a perk testing ground. They're trying out all kinds of stuff. Well, that's not on the artifact. But yeah, I do think the idea of the artifact as I've said is it's like it's like Crucible Labs for PvE. Law enforcer. Uh, if we remove the unleashed power of the artifact, what does the artifact bring to the table once it's maxed? This generally seems to occur pretty quickly in the first 2 to 3 weeks. Well, not really. I mean, I, for, 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 no. For, uh, hardcore players, yes. But for the lion's share of the community, no, I don't think so. Is it important to have an ongoing interaction point late in the season? Well, this is why I said I think this is better suited for the season pass. Prestiging the season pass. Hitting level 250 or something on the season pass. You know, getting something the entire time it's rolling over. That makes more sense to me than unlimited power. Unlimited power just seems like it's creating more problems than it's worth. Iron Weapon. Maybe someone asked this already. Do you think that this would benefit the game if they brought back remastered versions of Destiny 1 raids? I've gotten this question a lot. That's a lot of development time. That's a lot of space in the game for content that appeals and is engaged with by about 10% of the community. Therefore, as much as that's a dream for me, it's incredibly unlikely to happen. I would love it, but it's unlikely. Uh, what are your thoughts on FOMO, especially when it comes to cosmetics and seasonal loot? I am not bothered by it, but I definitely am glad to hear they're going to minimize it. It doesn't bother me, but that's bias, right? I play every day. I play every season. When I had to tell somebody in the chat that they couldn't get the Martyr's Retribution grenade launcher, I didn't like how that felt. I didn't like that at all. FOMO is fear of missing out. So FOMO would be, if you don't play this season, you can't get these things. So if you didn't play during Season of Dawn, you couldn't, you can't get any of those Saint weapons right now. They're, you can't get them. They're gone. Okay? I don't like that. I don't like telling somebody, yeah, dude, this weapon's awesome. It's really helpful in this week's blah, 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 but yeah, you can't get it. It's gone from the game. I'm not a fan of how that feels. Now, to a certain extent... There's automatic and unavoidable FOMO whenever they do anything. Content loses its relevancy. How many people right now are running Scourge of the Past week to week? Is that on Bungie to make sure that thing remains perpetually relevant? Or is it on the player base to, to, to try to play when it's relevant? You know what I'm saying? There's sort of an automatic fear of missing out. Well, if I don't play this season... I'm going to miss out on when people are really getting into the new activities. Matchmade activities especially, right? If stuff's matchmade and you know at the end of a DLC or at the end of a season, you're going to have a, a less likely, you know, full player funnel and less people playing, less people knowing what's going on. Well, then, you know, that that's going to feel like, oh, I kind of missed out on the on this content's heyday. And then somebody might say, somebody might say, well, but at least they can. 
that yeah sure you have menagerie and you have the, the black armory forges and stuff that are still there and you can engage with them but it there's still low level FOMO a lot of people aren't going back and running that content because they quote unquote missed out on when it was the most relevant Woods Photo what do you think is a good way to jazz up the Verdant Forest other than recurring events each year I don't have a strong opinion on this I think the way that they have decided to utilize things like the the Infinite Forest or even the EAZ I actually applaud that and I'm a big proponent of this I have people that absolutely hate me for this they think that I'm a shill and a sellout because I won't say reskin I say repurpose they should go back and repurpose Escalation Protocol I, you can call me every dirty name in the internet dictionary I don't give a frick I think it's better treatment of the capital and the gigantic game that we have right now to repurpose and reutilize things now how could they jazz up the Verdant Forest I, again I don't get down into the specifics I'm not like well let's take the Verdant Forest and do this 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 and this and this now I go big picture I go big picture. I thought the way that they did the... When was the boss a rotation? Was that Haunted Forest? I always thought each of those bosses should have had a drop. So I could farm that boss for a good roll on a gun. Like, he should have dropped a gun every time. You know? So I could go in there and farm for a good roll. That's kind of big picture. I don't want to get too specific and be like, well, they should do this, 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 and this with the levels and the waves and the enemies and the mechanics and the modifiers. I, put some drops in there would be my would be my very generic idea at a very general level let's just zoom all the way out and ignore the verdant forest for a minute I think a general axiom that destiny needs to apply is if it's a content loop there should be a loot drop period if there is a content loop there should be a loot drop no question verdant forest EAZ uh, the, the public event, legendary lost sectors, the bunker. You just you should feel the sense of done. Boom, loot drop. The, I don't know. That just seems to me that's destiny. That you're pl- you're going into an activity, you're running it, and you're getting a drop, and then there's some semblance of a reason to continue doing that. What do you think the weapon retirement affects? How strong they can make the artifact mods? Like it does the weapons. My hope would be is that weapon retirement enables them to make way better weapons, like just the raw weapon, and then we get to do maybe cool things on top. Like I said, almost like a, a nice capstone. What class has the best neutral game and why? Probably Hunters. T-Flux, because they have Dodge and Smoke and Invis and Tether. Uh, about mods, what's your opinion making them an MMO style where you can just equip it on any gear instead of a set roll gear that have mods to give people more grind uh, you're, this, is a hard, this is a hard question to understand, I, I think you said that English wasn't your first language, I think I understand what you're saying, and I'm gonna say what I've said before to people that ask similar questions too much freedom is dangerous you need to feel a sense of if I change this or want to run this I can't run that if I want to run this, I can't run that. It makes it more meaningful. When I was specking out for a high mobility, high recovery hunter build, there were some things I wanted to do that I could not do. And I think that's a good thing. That's a good thing. It makes the decision more meaningful. If I literally have just unfettered freedom, then there's no there's no decision or thought. It's no, yeah, run this, 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 max that out, run this, 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 max that out, and run this, 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 and this, and max this out. Oh, and yeah, use whatever you want here, and use whatever you want there. I, I do think some of those restrictions and some of those guardrails are actually really important. Because if not, 
like you trivialize there's two dangers here I talked earlier about flattening out decision making everybody's going to run a particular build and a particular strategy and a particular way of playing in really hard painful content you're going to sit back you're going to you're going to try to you know stay alive and you're going to run a certain build that kind of gets flattened out like this is the way to play so flattening out choice is bad unlimited choice unlimited freedom is also bad it just trivializes choice so you either flatten out choice and you make it to where it's like well I, i'd be dumb not to run this or you trivialize choice where everybody's doing the same dadgum thing there is the best build and there's no guardrails or barriers or anything to keep you from doing that there's no min max there's no give and take there's no trade it's just this is the best this is the best build this is the best way to do it the bomb dog is there a way the artifact can still minimize the pain of rng leveling for more casual players as intended originally now that it's been disabled in iron banner and trials it only helps mitigate rng and pve now this echoes back to something I've already addressed, Debomb Dog. You're probably already knowing what I'm going to say. Just make leveling more linear. And then this is just like a bonus. You know, it's just like a bonus on top. They need to move away from RNG leveling, just period. It's just so not needed. It's such an art. Infusion and RNG leveling is archaic. It's a fossil. Just let it die and get it out of here. We don't need it anymore. It's not serving the game's good. It's not empowering players to do things that are cool. It's it's an anchor that slows everything down in a way that doesn't matter. It doesn't create some value point for anybody. Ackleson. The artifact's infinite power seems to cause many problems and has been capped and disabled in every activity that power matters. Should Bungie implement a cap on how high you can level your artifact? That's right out of the video. I literally said just this that it's it's causing more trouble than it's worth it should just not it should have a cap infinite power doesn't square with where they're trying to take the game derpy turtle do you think the artifact should have a cap yeah we just talked about that wait is there another part uh i think it's a good idea yeah it's just exactly what i just said uh which you might not have been here for the video infinity what are your thoughts on seasonal finishers on the artifacts uh why not yeah, fine that'd be cool because especially you know you could do some cool ones that would that would leave after a while um, but the danger there is that I don't think that's what the artifact is there for in Bungie's mind they might I don't know they might change their mind but it doesn't seem like it's there for that uh, the monkey do you think artificial power should be scrapped and only used for mods artificial power do you mean the artifact should be oh that power should be scrapped and only used for mods oh I understand what you're saying to completely get rid of artifact power and only use it for mods this feels like an overreaction we tend to do this right we don't like something just get it out of here right well Lono don't you say that about infusion and RNG leveling okay well they've tried they've tried to slowly soften the edges to leveling and infusion to the point that I'm like okay you can finally just remove this it isn't needed anymore I'm not immediately saying to get rid of it we've kind of been patient with RNG leveling and infusion and it's long enough I think now that we can say, okay, let's let's get rid of this. The artifact giving you power, I don't think we need to just overreact and be like, yeah, just push, just get it out of here, get rid of it, and just cap it season to season. Um, Samantha question mark. <laughs> Samantha, my kids love that part. You discussed people never going out to deliberately farm materials outside of Spider. So could the glimmer slot and the artifact be replaced with an easy way to get more materials? For those who don't have a lot of shards to spend at spider um here's the thing 
I don't dislike where your intentions are. You're saying, okay, you know what? If this is a pain point and people need to get the, you know, the, the planetary materials, we could add some mods. Keep in mind what you're, what you're suggesting, though. You're suggesting a, a pain point that I believe is completely unnecessary, and you're making it more elaborate. Oh, man. I need to... I need to infuse this thing, and I'm out of this material. No worries. This very minor volitional choice that I would like to make, which is infusing a piece of armor or a gun, I need to now go get an artifact mod and equip it, go to a planet and run some kind of material grind. I just don't think a material grind really squares with but with destiny. It just doesn't make it just is like what? Why am I doing this? It's it, why am I I'm going to go down to a planet and what like run around? and pick up phase glass needles so I can infuse an item thank you for buying some of the coffee if you guys want to check out the coffee use the coffee command I just I I, again I love where your head's at you're like oh you know what instead of glimmer it could be planetary materials and people trying to get planetary materials could use this instead and I'm like yeah or they could just completely get rid of infusion because it's stupid and unnecessary (laughs) and then leave all those slots for something more creative and more exciting than material farming mythic do you think that they may merge the artifact in the season pass I don't think so kilowatt do you think that the new exotic heavy machine gun air apparent will be a game changer or another xeno uh, and not be well known from when it first came out I'm wondering if it'll become popular in Grandmaster Nightfalls because it'll have the shield in front of itself, you know? I don't know. It's hard to predict that, but it could be it could be actually useful in an environment where you're trying to do damage and mitigate damage received, so it could be helpful there. Owen, do you think the artifact system should uh, be, could or should be streamlined or simplified to make investing into it more casual friendly, or do you think it doesn't need to be casual friendly? I think the artifact system is about as simple and straightforward as it gets. It, other than removing the increasing cost, I don't, I don't think it's that complicated. Aiden, do you think that the power boost on the artifact should be removed? We already th- addressed that. Uh, just cap it. It doesn't need to be unlimited. Punisher, do you think that the artifact mods could end up being part of the future update where your customization is given to the player? They've said they said in an interview in game at Gamescom that they were open to the idea of like certain mods just becoming standard. They said that in an interview. Uh, M Hawk. Regarding the artifact concept, do you think the focus mode that they do for the specific season is a thing of value to players and not bungee? Is it better to have comprehensive trees of many unlocks that covers all the weapons? Well, I think it is helping Bungie because I do think they're using it to experiment with, and it also gives us something new to try, you know, each season. Do you think that barrier unstoppable and overload mods for weapons should be obtained from the artifact or a perk roll? We had somebody say, what if in the future in the weapons 2.0 system, they could roll with one of these? And I love that as an idea. I would be worried. I would be slightly worried about a god roll being kind of ruined by, oh, I really needed this to have unstoppable and anti-barrier and I didn't get it. I got this or that. I would love instead to say, there's two there's two champion slots and on any weapon you can equip two of the relevant slots and then you can toggle by holding X between the two and then that would give Bungie the the reasoning to say hey we can put more champions in the game now because we gave people a lot more freedom you know 
T Batman. Do you think power level cap would hurt or help the game? Uh, I suggested that they should probably get a, do away with unlimited power. It's causing more problems than it seems worth. This may have already been discussed, but why do they choose to bring back Thunder Coil instead of following the pattern of past seasons? They, I don't know. They, there's, why do they do that? I, this is one of those questions that people probably get tired of me saying this, but it's just like I don't know. They didn't say. I mean, I, I can't even speculate. I, they just decided to bring it back. I, maybe did they did they make adjustments? Maybe they're doing more testing to see if it can actually stick around or come back as a standard mod. I, I truly don't know. They didn't say. Avin J. There's a lot of criticism of this game, as though there is a game out there that does what Destiny does better. In your opinion, what is the role model game Destiny should emulate? Is there one? Well, I went on a big rant about this the other day. Everybody argues against an ideal. Oh, I should have done this, or they should have done that. I'm sick of them doing this. I'm sick of bounties. I'm sick of that. And my big pushback was find a game that updates itself every three months for $10 with new activities, new loot, and new things to do that is as satisfying as, as Destiny feels and you can pour so many hours into for you know a piddly $10. And the truth is, there's almost no games that you can find that do this. And the few games that people mention are usually like Warframe and Elder Scrolls Online, but they're not playing those games. So, you have your answer. Is there another game like this? Is there a game that does this better? I think there are games that come up with better logistics but they've either been doing it longer, maybe they have subscription fees, maybe their game is built completely differently, so it's easier for them to replicate activities and loot grinds. Like, I don't know. We are, I think, in general. I don't think Bungie is right now suffering from a vision problem or an idea problem. I think they're struggling with a two things, bandwidth and engine. That's what I think. I think you generally have a, a, a greater... Whoop, I clicked on the wrong thing. There's a greater, I think, issue with bandwidth and like engine dev tools. That's it. That they 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 literally they literally don't have the option to to make or force their ideas to fruition. I think that they're just really, really strangled right now. It's like it's like they have a bunch of golf balls and these are all their ideas, all these golf balls and they've got to get them through a garden hose and they just can't do it they're like, well if we cut this and do this and do that and blah blah blah, we can get a couple of these golf balls, and, well we might have to shrink them and so they, they sand them down and make them smaller, and so like, you get the glimpse of a good idea and you're like, oh this could have been so much better they're just, they're, they're just having to shove golf balls through a garden hose, they can't do it it's getting choked by an outdated engine and outdated dev tools. They need a new publisher. A publisher wouldn't do anything in this regard. Did, did having one of the biggest publishers in the world help them? They had almost probably more money, more revenue than almost any developer in existence. And it didn't matter. Right? It didn't matter. They, they, they still could not crank out enough content to satiate us. They still could not do this because they're wrestling a giant to the ground. Like this game, the engine and the dev tools are just outdated and they are a giant bottleneck. They're a giant bottleneck. Better than F all resources? I mean, you're now saying something that is unbacked. Like you can't, how do you know they don't have any resources? Based on what? Based on the speculations we've seen by some of the articles and revenue reports, they're actually making really, really good money. 
That doesn't mean they can snap their fingers and immediately have bandwidth. Oh, guys, look, we have money. Can you order us some more bandwidth? Yeah, sure. I've got it in the cart right here. No, you have to build entire departments, create, get project leads. Project leads have to have good vision transfer from the heads, and the heads have to have good vision transfer from the leaders, and then, and then you have to have developers that can actually engage with Tiger and the dev tools. It's not as easy as being like, we got money, let's buy more bandwidth. All Activision did in, in reality was it gave them more bandwidth, but that took time. They didn't have VV the first two years of Destiny 1. They honestly, I don't think even had VV until we got to Black Armory. That took, that. how long did that take? We don't know. We have no idea how long that took. How long did it get to the place where Vicarious Visions could literally shoulder a season and make it? How? You want subpar content in more periods where players are, are, have left and fed up? No, I also don't like arguing with people who put words in my mouth. I didn't say that. All Generally, generally what we got with Activision was more bandwidth and yes, the seasons Black Armory and Opulence, where VV had their hand in the game, we got really good things. But are you going to try and act like the season of the season of Black Armory and season of Opulence were perfect and nobody complained and nobody ran out of stuff to do and nobody took breaks and nobody got bored? If you're going to try and claim that, you already know that's something you can't claim because it happened back then. Opulence and Black Armory both had big player drop-offs and big seasons of people complaining, big big months of people complaining and saying there was nothing to do. Perfect no, better yes. If you're trying to solve for X and having Activision didn't solve for X, your solution, with respect, is stupid. You're trying to solve for X. We need more content more regularly. Did we get that with Activision? I mean, kind of, but people still got about a month into every season and said they were bored. Even with Activision, you weren't solving for X. So is it worth selling the soul of the future of this game down the river so you can get a little bit of extra content? Like, it just, it is, it is brain dead to take up this position that we should run back to Activision or we need Activision because, well, we got, you know, we got, we got Crown of Sorrow and Scourge of the Past and that was a little bit better, right? That was better than we have now, right? Yeah, we also got unmeetable deadlines and Destiny 3 was probably set to fail underneath the Activision deadlines. But we want to run all the way back there because, again, we have these rose-colored glasses. Like, the season of the Black Armory and the season of Opulence, we had the same dadgum conversations we're having now. We, if we, if we would have stayed with Activision, we would be having almost no different level of conversation. Zero difference in conversation. We'd be like, but yeah, but I'm still bored or I'm still out of things to do. We had the same conversations back then that we're having now. They didn't have content behind bounties and a main focus on sweaty PvP mode. Well, see, now you're not even engaging with what I'm saying. You're not even engaging with what I'm saying. You, let's rewind the clock. Let's really do this. Let's go back and forth and throw some punches. When Black Armory dropped, do you want to know what the number one complaint was? I am sick of running the forges. It's just a weapon grind. That's what everybody complained about. Do you want to know one of the teams behind the, the, the brainchild of Black Armory? It was Vicarious Visions. Go to Opulence. Same thing. I am sick of freaking running Opulence. It's just the same activity over and over and over again. And then the hard mode, the heroic mode sucked and there was no loot incentive to grind for it 
in in both of those seasons where they had increased bandwidth and I love VV and VV did great things for Destiny but we had the same conversations back then that we're having now you just changed the thing that you're complaining about well back then it was I'm sick of doing this we had to run weeklies to get currency to buy frames right and you're having a selective memory you did have to run bounties to engage with the black armory you did have to run bounties from Warner if you wanted to get the things to run the menagerie you're not even accurately remembering how the content was structured we had the same conversation back then that's why I'm so hard on this line of thinking I'm like you, you're, you're not even making statements that are worth making We had the same problems, the same frustrations, and the same complaints back then that we do now. Activision did not solve for X. If X is the problem, it existed back then, and it exists right now. We don't have enough food for everybody here. Yeah, but at least we had a little bit extra when we were when we were indebted to the mafia, right? What are you talking about? You want to go back into the deal with these guys? They made everything tough for us. They made everything bad for us. Well, we, we had a little extra food. Like, no, that's not the solution. Solve for X. The long-term solution for X, more than likely, is a new engine. But that that can be interacted with by other companies. So maybe they can outsource DLC development the way that Gearbox did with Borderlands 2. Borderlands 2 had a very regular injection of DLC content, and a lot of that DLC content was outsourced. Why? Because the game was built in an engine that other companies could interact with more readily available. So if they can get into a new engine with new dev tools, that's the solution. Publisher? Pfft, what are you talking about? Activision? Pfft, what are you talking about? That was not the solution. It wasn't. The solution was getting to a place where they have the freedom to pump the brakes on the next iteration of the game or the future of the game and either invest in this one now to learn while building the next one a new engine. If they never leave this engine behind, then we'll never get any we'll, we'll never get out of this cycle ever. We will never get out of this cycle. They can't create enough content fast enough to to satisfy the malcontents and the naysayers they literally don't they're not able to they weren't able to with one of the biggest publishers in the world with literally two companies helping them with bandwidth even with the even with that scenario they still could not make enough content to keep you going it isn't possible you're trying to shove golf balls through a garden hose it what you can't do it they have to they they've got to shed tiger they have they they simply have to and I don't think there was a, there was there was a way for that to happen while being attached to Activision. Dan J232. Will Guardian Games give returning players the ability to level up faster and catch up? Uh no idea. No idea. We don't know if they're doing double XP or anything like that. So we will we will jump back in the game. Um, we will jump back in the game once we're able to, because I, I believe maintenance is happening now, and we'll see. Um, I'll keep rebooting Steam as well. We usually do this during Q&As that are right before an update, and we'll see if we get an update. Um, yeah, I'm going to try and go quickly, but we're not going to get through all the questions. Oblet. I have uh, had a blast using Tyrant Surge this season on both Middle Tree Stormcaller and Bottom Tree Striker. Completely new playstyles this season with Warmind Cells. Do you think that there should be a system for artifact mods to not be so short-lived? Um, I'm not going to get hung up on this. I like the idea of something coming and going. Here's the thing. This is where, if you saw me when I was on Fireteam chat and I argued with, I I didn't really argue, but me and Destin kind of went back and forth. 
I told him he was making statements that were in some respects mutually exclusive. He didn't care about investing in the artifact because it was going to change every season. But he also had no desire to chase god rolls because he already had a bunch of god rolls. And I was like, okay, which is it? Which is it? If you have something that they won't take away from you, then you have no reason to chase the new stuff. If you have something that they do take away from you to reset and add freshness to the game, well, I don't want to invest in that either. Well, wait, well, which is it then? Which do you want? They reset the artifact and do brand new things for you to experiment with, so that's a new experience for you. You don't want to do that. You also have no desire to chase god rolls. Of all the times to say this, Season of Dawn, we had people saying that. I'm not going to chase any of these god rolls. There were great weapons and great rolls during Season of Dawn, and people were like, I don't care, I already have god rolls. I don't need any of that stuff. So, you clutch your god roll and don't want to let go of it, and it's the reason you don't grind, and then the artifact that you don't get to keep, you're also angry about because it's going to make you grind and get taken away. You have mutually exclusive sentimentalities that don't make sense to me. Like, which is it? Do you want something fresh every season to do, or do you want to spend the rest of all eternity using Ikelos Shotgun and the Midnight Coup? Which 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 is it? Which do you want? Oh, sunsetting, not respecting our time. Blah blah blah. Give us better stuff to chase. Get get us be- give us better stuff to chase. And then they give you better stuff to chase. New things. Ah, I don't care about any of that. I have a god roll right here. I counted up my god roll hand cannons the other day. I have like fifteen. Fifteen. What are you gonna do within the archetype of a hand cannon? What are you gonna do? All oh, new perks. What are you talking about? What do you mean new perks? What do you mean? What are you talking about? How are you gonna make a gun better than my fifteen god roll hand cannons? I got fifteen of them. Good luck. There's only so much you can do. There's only so much you can do within the archetype of a gun. Better stats? That's power creep. Here's a hand cannon that's better than all your existing hand cannons. Sweet, awesome. Next season, do you got a hand cannon better than this? We sure do. It's stronger. Awesome. Fast forward to like a year later. You now have hand cannons that are way too strong. Power creep. Because you always have to keep adding on to the power. Oh, gosh. Do you see the one we gave him last season? Holy frick. We got to make it stronger now. Stronger now, stronger now, stronger now, stronger now, stronger now, stronger now. And then you just keep adding, 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 adding. That's called power creep. Power creep is just soft sunsetting? No. It's not. No. Power creep is not soft sunsetting. Power creep invalidates content because then you're too strong for everything and everything feels trivial and stupid. Taken to its logical end, power creep means you're one-tapping everything. Eventually, all the stat bars are full, right? You just keep adding. That's why it's called creep. It happens slowly over time. And all of a sudden, you're like, this hand cannon's the greatest hand cannon ever. Dead raid boss. Dead ad. Dead major. Like, it's just, it just keeps getting stronger. You just turn everything, yeah, into one-punch man mode. Like, again... You, 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 that's that's the issue with that. He's like, well, I, I don't want to let go of my stuff. My stuff's amazing. How do you expect them to make better weapons than your 15 different god-rolled hand cannons? How? There's only so much you can do within the confines of the archetype. The archetype has reload, impact, range, uh, handling. It has all these stats. Only so much you can do to make it distinct and better. And eventually, you hit that ceiling where all the hand cannons are essentially the same. You change them out. Maybe you want one with demo. Maybe you want one with dragonfly. Depending on the content, you kind of you kind of swap in and out. But you're always at that ceiling. So everything that comes out at that point, you're just kind of like, nah, nah. I don't care. 
Plus, Power Creep caused Reckoning launch to fail. Yeah, Power Creep basically made them design Reckoning, so I guess you want more Reckoning if you're okay with Power Creep. What was your most disappointing and happiest time in D2? Well, Drifter was the most disappointing time. No no question. Super, super disappointing. And I love Shadowkeep. I thought Shadowkeep was my... I think Shadowkeep was one of my favorite times in the game. Leveling was way better. I love Eris Morn. I thought the moon was dope. I thought the stuff that we got to do was dope. I like Shadowkeep... Well, I liked Forsaken for like a week, and then leveling just made me want to punch somebody. Like, I, the uh, D2 Vanilla. No, I liked Drifter less than D2 Vanilla. <laughs> I did. I thought Drifter was terrible. Um, the, the Baron fights, the day where I got to go through all the Baron fights in Forsaken was awesome. And then Forsaken just quickly withered for me. Like a flower with no water. I was just like, this freaking sucks. Like, leveling was terrible. There was no intentional grinds for anything. Um, I, I thought Shadowkeep was great. Shadowkeep hit a lot of cylinders for me. It really did. It was a good leveling grind. Um, it was really, 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 really good intentionality for the weapons. Uh, I liked, I loved the dungeon. I loved Garden of Salvation. Shadowkeep's recycled content. Your comment is recycled content. Come up with something new. I really did. I thought, I thought, I thought Shadowkeep was excellent. Do you see any benefits to there being PvP focused part of the artifact? I mean, it's another way for them to experiment, so I could see that being a benefit. Uh, Patman. Would you rather see the champions we have in more places or new champions at all? I addressed that in the talk. I said that, you know, they could definitely do more. Do you think that we should be able to put mods on exotics also addressed in the talk? Yes, I do. How do you increase the trials population without making it easier for lower skilled players to win games? I've said many times it's a two-pronged approach. You make it easier to get and spend tokens for the bottom half of the card. You make it way more generous on the back half of the card, so it's more accessible to casuals, and it's way more incentivized for the hardcore players to go to the top half of the card Ashen Hollow would love to take a break but the current seasonal format uh, feels like it punishes me for doing so is this a problem or should I just accept it Um, you have to understand that your complaint is an invalid complaint you can never come to a game and say you know you've built this to where I really feel like I have to keep playing would you rather them give you like way less to do so you could be like oh this is great I played for a week and now I'm taking a huge break. You see what I'm saying? Like, you're basically complaining about the thing that almost nobody's complaining about. Most people are taking the opposite line of thinking and they're like, I'm out of stuff to do. You're like, I feel like I have to play all the time. That is not a problem to complain about. Really, it isn't. And I honestly think you're in a huge minority right now. Most people are not saying this about Destiny in its current state. Oh, dude, I can't take a break. What? Wait. You, huh? If you're a mega casual, maybe, but like, what are you worried that you're going to miss out on? It, it really, there's not much going on right now. And even if your statement were true, like, let's go back to Season of Dawn. I would probably agree with you that if you took a break during Season of Dawn, you really would have felt like you were missing out. There was a lot going on. There was a lot of stuff to do. There were a lot of cool weapons. Same thing with Shadowkeep. You know, you, if you'd have missed that time, you'd have felt like, you'd have felt like, ah, frick. I, I can't take a break. That's not a problem. <laughs> That's not a problem. 
if you can logically argue it and make a really good case and convince me that during Season of Dawn you really felt like you couldn't take a break, I'd be like, suck it up, cupcake. That's better for the rest of the player base. People want stuff to do, right? Boo-hoo? You have too much content to interact with? Do you? Am I going to shed tears for you? No, that's what we want. We want lots of things to do. You want to kind of feel that weird pain of like, I can't really take a, you know, a break for the game. I will not feel sorry for you for that. That's good if that's happening. I don't think there's ever really been a time like that in Destiny. Uh, Valor Dogma very generously just gifted 10 subs to the community. Thank you for doing that. Anakin Starkiller, I missed your 38 months. Dragon Slayer was 7 months and 4 months from Raptor. Guys, thank you for all those. And again, check the chat. You may have been gifted a sub. We're going to keep checking for this download. A random fat guy. How would you feel about Strike or Nightfall bosses having a certain mod to mix it up a little bit? This is really specific, so I, d- I just tend to glide over those questions right now. I, it's It's... It's not something that I'm, I'm looking to talk about. BB Bay. Should all exotic primaries get a mod slot? We've already talked about that. Uh, Vice. Does Guardian Games make the game more toxic? That doesn't make any sense to me. Should exotic armor have seasonal mods from the artifact only? Um, I just think they should have a champion mod slot so they can, so at least exotic primaries could engage with the champion mods. Uh, Critterbot. Do you think Bungie should move anti-champion mods away from primaries? The over- yeah, I said that they should just become standard on all primaries and that you should be start expanding them to heavy weapons and energy weapons. They already did that with the sword and I would encourage them to do more of that. Uh, I am Dereal Boot with a brand new sub. Thank you. Avin J. After the relative failure of the Seraph Tower events, do you think all seasonal activities going forward should be match made? I don't know who needs to tell them this because they know this, so I'm not really sure what they were thinking. Whether it's the complaints about Escalation Protocol, which they acknowledged that they hurt us on, that the lack of matchmaking hurt that game mode, or the fact that they added matchmaking to the Black Armory Forges as a quality of life update, again, conceding that people would prefer matchmade activities, and then you do matchmade Vex Offensive, and then you do matchmade Sundial, and you're like, I've got an idea, let's go back in time like Neanderthal at Cavemen, and let's do another public event that you gotta hope people are around for, because that's gonna go over really well. Oh wait, we did this before, didn't we? Yeah, people hated it. Oops. I, sorry, you don't get a pass on this one, Bungie. You knew this was a bad idea. Whoever cooked this one up, it should be like the forges. I should be able to walk up to the little thing, hit the button, matchmake me. Just like you did with the forges. You did it for the forges. Why did you do it for this? Like, what is going on? You don't get a pass on this. You're not in the dark. You did it for forges. Even before they added matchmaking from the director, you would drive back to the forge and you would matchmake. It, it what? And people are like, well, it kind of tries to instance you with people. I usually have people. I start it up and then people show up. Oh yeah, that's what I want to do with my Friday night. I want to go down in the public space with bounties by myself or with a with a buddy or so and embark on hoping that people show up if I hit the button. No! Matchmaking! Come on! This is bottom this is bottom wrong bush league. It's bush league! You know what we want! Do it! It, kill, it kills me. The public event's bad enough as it is. Now you got you, you can't do it if there aren't people around? Come on. This is just... This is 
easy. This is easy. There, there's no, there's, they're not in a quandary. Hey, uh, do you guys think they want matchmaking for this, or should we just make it random, like hopefully people wander into the public space? Which do you think they want? Oh, I don't know. Escalation Protocol, Black Armory Forges, Menagerie Success, Sundial Success, Offensive Success. Oh, no. What? Come on. Get out your Sherlock Holmes magnifying glass and look at what we said every time content like this comes out. Jiminy Christmas. Jiminy Christmas. They, 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 I can't believe they did it again. It's like, you did this before and people hate it. They hate it. I don't even do the public event now. I don't, number one, I don't like it. Number two, I'm like, hopefully somebody wanders in here. It's not exactly fun with three people. So you're like, well, hopefully we can figure this, you know, get this done. The slightest mistake or somebody dies or my ball blows up because something jumps in front of me. We want matchmaking. I go to Lost Sectors alone because it's a faster grind. No. No. No, T-Funk. No. You don't get to say that. I understand you're trying to be cute, but no. Vex Offensive and Sundial and Menagerie were so easy to engage with. So the fact that people go to Lost Sectors to do bounties is not an indictment of the request for matchmaking. It's an indictment of bounties. The bounties drive people to lost sectors, not some weird cognitive dissonance in the community like we're so stupid that we're like, we want matchmaking as I walk to a lost sector. I go to the lost sectors because bounties are poorly designed. It's an indictment of the bounties. It's not an indictment of people wanting matchmaking. We're probably going to just have to end on this. (laughs) Lono going nuts about the lack of matchmaking. Um... The last couple times we ran that public event, I just got annoyed. Like, one, maybe two people would wander in, and if they didn't know what they were doing or were they just passing through, they're just taking up a spot in the instance. They're just taking up a spot in the instance, and that's frustrating. So we're going to check out Guardian Games and all the cool new things. Don't go anywhere. Uh, If you're here live right now, remember to click follow. I do these daily podcast segments all the time. It's a back and forth. It's family friendly. Uh, You can lurk and listen, work and listen, game and listen. It's people. A lot of people treat me like radio. So click the follow button if you haven't already. Turn on notifications so you don't have to worry about uh, missing out on the streams. Uh, I'm here every day. If you're listening in the other locations where these hit as a podcast, I greatly appreciate you listening and enjoying all the content. You can always come in. Say no to Rage.com. We're bringing to my Twitch channel. As always, please like, share, and subscribe.